When your child is struggling, as a parent, you need support. Welcome to Beyond Risk and Back. I'm at the 46th Annual Psychotherapy Associates Winter Symposium. This is in Colorado Springs, and once again, I get my hands on the experts. The men and women who are speaking at this conference, the, the, the other people having booths here, this is where all the experts in the industry of mental health and addiction and recovery gather to share the information they have, and I wanna get it into your hands. So thank you for joining me on this week's episode of Beyond Risk and Back. At the end of every show, I say, take care of yourself first, take care of your adult relationship second, and take care of your children third, because in that way, we do our best work with our children. And the truth of the matter is, is that most of the shows here on Beyond Risk and Back are about taking care of yourself or taking care of your children. Uh, what I have is I have a Jill Krush, not Crush, Krush, spelled the same way, but Jill is here and she works with Choice House in Boulder. I'll let, I'll let Jill talk about uh, Choice House. We know the program. It's a very good program. Um, but Jill's specialty is the family system and what's happened when uh, there is a individual in the family who's blown sideways with addiction, self-harm, mental health, and we know that the family is suffering. So we're gonna talk with Jill bright and early. She's got her coffee, I got my yerba mate, and we are uh, first ones here. It's, it's so quiet here at the conference, so I don't have much background noise, but Jill, thanks for being on Beyond Risk and Back. Thank you. All right, let's 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 jump right into the who the heck is Jill Krush and how did she end up uh, working in the industry and focusing on family dynamic? Sure, sure. Well, I ended up in the industry way back in 1989. Oh, my gosh. As a young person that definitely was that person that blew up the family and let everybody know that things were not going well yeah. in my family system. And um, I was I started as a young therapist. I really did. And then I took years and years off. And so recently, about 17 years in the industry, and I actually started, I was very passionate about um, prevention and early intervention. And I'd work a lot with the diversion programs and mandated youth and families. And uh, I found a lot of success in just giving families tools to learn how to communicate and navigate, I think, um, parenting, mm -hmm. and also teens, hopefully, to see beyond. However... I believe addiction is a beast. Mental health is a beast. And um, I'm back now on the front lines with that. Working, I believe addiction is a contact sport and we all get to play. <laughs> no family member is immune. And if you think you are, you're in denial. That's, that's, a, potent, that's a potent opener right there. <laughs> let's, let's, let me jump in with the question. Why, when we... And, and maybe the answer will be obvious to some of the listeners, and maybe it's, maybe it's obvious to you and I, but let's, why doesn't dealing with a family situation like this, a family crisis like this, bond the parenting units? Because every single one of them says, uh, this person who's, who's suffering is so amazing. They're so beautiful. I love them so much. And if that's the case, how come when they struggle, how come this doesn't bond and bind the family together in this united mission of f battling this beast? Sure. Well, I really believe that um, when a young person or even uh, a parent, some, you know, a, a family system, it could be the parent, it could be the, the kiddo, um, but it's a rupture. 
it, it's, it's not a uniting force. It is a dividing force. And addiction, the main thing that happens here is that we begin to just live in complete isolation. I see that with all members of the family system. We fall into the drama triangle, into shame and blame, and it's really hard to take radical responsibility. I am also a mother of a, a kiddo that I've walked this road with, and, um, and I'm an expert. And I thought that I would <laughs> be able to stop my son from becoming, um, having mental health issues. I'm a raging uh, anxiety person <laughs> and have been working on it my entire life. And I thought for sure I wouldn't pass that on as I wouldn't pass on the, the, the need to cover up and medicate these emotions. And I was wrong. I was wrong. And um, again, coming back to just how powerful, I think the human condition is tough. And if we don't learn how to navigate it and increase our own individual emotional intelligence, as you said, uh, care for self first. You know, I always use that saying, put your oxygen mask on yourself first. Sure, sure. And um, I think as mothers, as a mother, and as parents, I didn't really understand that. I didn't understand it. I had a guest yesterday say that the, the spiritual work of recovery, the higher power of recovery for people who are struggling with the, with the concept of the, the higher power being an external force or a divine source, that the, div the divinity of the, the higher power um, can be self-care. And I love that. I, I think that's something that, that teens and children and adults can all get on board with. But I also, I think we got to put into there um, the amount of work it takes to begin to repair a relationship. You and I meet people whose relationships with their current spouses, parenting partners, or exes are trashed by what's going on in the family. Let's jump into the steps of repairing it. If, if you're a listener and you're, you've got a kiddo who's struggling and you can already feel the tears on the relationship, what's Jill's... A, do this. Two, do this. C, point four, do this. You know, what's, what's your steps? Well, I really think the first step, and when I work with families, is um, connecting the dots in, my, in their own lives. And even before Jack came along, like, what was happening in my primary relationship as an adult? And floating back, uh, Steve Jobs is, we, we don't connect the dots looking forward, we connect the dots looking back. Right. And if I can gather all the data I can about my life and how I'm showing up, and I don't care if I want to look at how I'm showing up as a parent or I'm looking how I show up in the workplace, I have to gather the data. And then what am I going to do with it? And that's what I recommend is people um, increase their own emotional intelligence because we can't give away what we don't have. And if I don't have my own awareness about what's going on with me when my son skips a class right. or my son engages in self-harm behavior... And I'm not aware how anxious and terrified I get. Then I pass that on. It's that. It's that. Every time the phone rings, the heart rate goes up yeah. because you've had so many phone calls. Like we don't. We don't connect the dots. I love that on how that's affecting after dinner when you and your parenting partner are doing dishes, or the mm -hmm. phone call about when the when the uh, a child support check's going to come in. Like you're not doing well in no. this situation, and it's affecting. So I do, I do believe, um, looking back, 
gathering some dots and then figuring out how do I clean that up for myself so I can show up in my adult relationships in a healthy way and actually parent or co-parent as a grown-up and not a teenager in my own reactionary state. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense, but I do believe if we don't clean up our own childhoods and our own teen years that we continue to stay stuck in that. And myself, even I've done a lot of work and still sometimes I'll go, wow, that was my 14 year old. That was just parenting, <laughs> not, not the 50 year old. It's, it's amazing to me. So the steps are looking back, cleaning it up. Actually, I believe we have to feel it to heal it. And if, if people are too afraid to actually deal with their own grief, their own terror their own anger, and we're just going to keep spinning in that family system. And I, I, I'm a firm believer in radical responsibility for individual. And that's, that, and that's, a, that's an easier said than done. Oh, yeah. Simply because you've got this one member of the family that now everybody's tiptoeing around. We're walking on eggshells. Um, you're afraid to say the wrong thing because a hole's going to be punched in the wall. And then they're locked in their room and they're screaming. And then... All of that energy has to go somewhere, and we put it on the person closest to us. When, especially with single parents, oh, we see, yeah. you know, how come they're, how come I'm getting, I'm the one who's around. Why am I getting all the shit? How come they're not mad at the ex who only sees them, you know, one weekend a year or something like that? And it's because you, you we take it out on the safe ones. Yep. And when you talk about radical responsibility, is there an apology process, or do you just got? I mean. It's that this this cul-de-sac of what we've done, right? Once we once we go down that street, we can get stuck on that street of keep going back, looking at my mom, looking at my dad, looking at my father, looking at my past, and not moving forward. What are my steps with my parenting partner to to say sorry about yesterday? Here's my plan for tomorrow. Yeah, well, I I, I think relationships are a continuum of rupture and repair. Like, that's going to be ongoing, learning how to navigate yeah. that. But the key, like what you said, is really valuable because we can get stuck in the past and, and maybe in like a victim role. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this happened to me, so I can't show up as a mother in a right, real right, clear right, right. way. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying gather the information and then claim vision instead of victimhood. Claim, like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to Al-Anon. I'm going to go to ACOA. I'm going to go to a parenting group. I'm going to go to therapy. I'm going to go do my own personal growth workshop ins- instead of spending all of my energy and resources on fixing my kid. What do you do when the when the ex uh, uh, or or your current parenting partner doesn't want to do counseling? They don't want to do couples therapy. They don't want to go to a pairs workshop. The They're- only life you can save is your own. <laughs> I mean, I it's like just I it doesn't matter. Yes, it may be hard, and there may be grief, and there may be loss, but I have found when people actually really step into the truth and take radical responsibility for their own needs, wants, longings, and desires, things will shift and change for everybody involved. That's a, that's a, that's a what you just said is a, is a potent question, because, you know, can, can the family dynamic change if only one person is doing the work? And no. I, will you... I mean, then as we, we send kids to treatment and the parents don't, they're like, whew, that's over. And it's not. It's not. I mean, I have families that would give me all the money in the world to fix their kid. And then I have families that won't be willing to step into the door to do their own work. Yeah. Um, and that to me is really powerful. That to me is a wounded person 
that isn't able to heal their own relationship wounds. And that, to me, is the key. Connection is the key. Being courageous to have the tough conversations. Being courageous as a parent to put up a boundary, even if that kid may explode. Even if that kid may cut again. Right. Because that's going to happen, as you and I both know. Yeah. Um, and what I found is that it happens less when parents learn how to really navigate their own landscape of fear around stepping into having fierce boundaries. And some of these kiddos need it desperately. And parents fall into people-pleasing and placating in their own fear, and it just prolongs. They can start in your program at how young? Uh, 12. 12, right? And I work with kids that started at 12, and now they're 32. <laughs> and they've been in and out in placements for years. Yeah. And that parent will show up for a family workshop and expect the kid to change, but they're not willing to, to step into their own. And please know that there are plenty of parents that step into Al-Anon and, yeah. and um, well, their support own, groups. Their personal counseling, and they start All saying, of yeah, that. of course. And then the road may still be really bumpy and rocky. If, if you, is there a book, is there a particular Google search that you love that gives you some listening exercises or a book that, you know, a mom or a dad can read, set on the nightstand at night and the next day start applying some of this stuff? Like, and I, I know it sounds like a quick fix question, but is there something that somebody can start with right after this show? You know, something that somebody could start with right after this show is no quick fix. Absolutely. You're right. Um, and it is, I think one of the best things is to start every morning with a mindful moment. There are some great parenting books out there. Yeah. Tion Dayton has one that is specifically for parents. And, and just really, too, you talked about the, the spiritual component. I mean, if I think I'm the higher power of my son, I'm in trouble. Yeah. And so if I can spend every morning disconnecting that I am actually not in charge of anybody but myself, I'm off to a good start and reading some words of in inspiration. We'll get back to our guest in just a second. I got to make a quick shout out to two organizations that have really helped out Fire Mountain and Beyond Risk and Back at our booth here at the Winter Symposium. First is Guayaki Yerba Mate. They have given us cases and cases of this amazing, incredible drink to hand out to other people, to get people in the industry of mental health and addiction to understand the benefits of Guayaki Yerba Mate and brain recovery, brain building. I could, I could spend an entire episode, which I did, by the way, with one of the co-founders, David Carr. So go listen to that Beyond Risk and Back episode. And you can always Google benefits, scientific benefits, scientific research behind Yerba Mate. And you will understand why we give this drink out to people in the industry. This is a hidden gem that is getting more and more popular. So please support us being supported by Guayaki Yerba Mate and go pick yourself up a can and get some for your teens. And then second, I need to thank Psychotherapy Associates Winter Symposium people themselves for letting us be here and broadcasting this show and helping us email all of the speakers to get the information, the, 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 the new cutting edge research in brain development, addiction recovery, mental health. And I get to interview these incredible people and get their information into your heads, parents. So thank you to Winter Symposium and thank you to Guayaki. Okay, let's get back to our guest. Uh, Choice House has been around a while. We were just talking off the air. You've been 
in in a few different places. Centennial Peaks, which is a hospital here in color, uh, 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 adolescent uh, uh, acute unit that that we're very familiar with. And you've been with Choice for a while. Talk about Choice for a minute. Choice House. Well, I've been with Choice House about seven years. Started yeah. off uh, running groups for them. Okay. I'm an experiential therapist, so I'd come in and do that. And about the past year, I've been consulting and just uh, beefing up their clinical program and as well as their family program. And Choice House, a really cool, unique thing about Choice is our continuum of care. We start with our 90-day residential program. And then the, it's, it's uh, gender-specific for men, 90 days residential, and then they move over to our sober living for, for another 30 day, uh, sorry, 90 days. During that time, they have the IOP. Yeah. So they have uh, support and, and, and treatment through there. And then we have our step-down program. So we have the opportunity to have these men for six to six months to 12 months. And it's awesome. We all, we're uh, adventure-based, so they go skiing. Right now they're skiing twice a week. Nice as well as working out every day, clinical programs, group and individual therapy. What's the age of choice? 18 and up. 18 and up. Primarily um, primarily 18 to 32, I'd say. We do have some beyond that. Is this a, 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 a just strictly addiction or dual diagnosis, mental health primary, addiction secondary? What? I'd say dual diagnosis, primary substance abuse for sure. Um, and we're also really just working with these men in relationship issues. We have a CSAT on staff. We have uh, EMDR, brain spotting, experiential. We do a very wonderful trauma-informed yoga called Coyote uh-huh. that just helps settle the nervous system, just help these men land in their bodies and their hearts, not just in their minds. Can you, as, as we transition into contact information i want to give one last tidbit to parents that since you've done so much family work um you you probably have a good idea in your mind what is the one thing that every parent is dealing with that uh, each parent thinks that they're the only one dealing with it like what's the terminally unique diagnosis that everyone says well i need to tell you that blah blah blah. and you're like yeah everybody has that Give me another example. <coughs> For me, well, okay, so in our parent weekend, and I use this example a lot, in our parent weekend, I'll ask, uh, how many of you have had your kids steal your car? Oh. And, and a hand will go up in the front row sheepishly, and I'll say, turn around and look. And they look, yeah. and there's eight other hands up. And then I say, how many of you have had your child so angry at you they called CPS and lied to CPS about you? And that hand shoot up, and everybody's looking around like, you too? I thought I was the only one. Mm-hmm. What's the, I thought I was the only one Syndrome. I think now, maybe more than ever, I find a lot of parents that are just uh, mortgaging their, you get a second mortgage on their house yeah. or just really destroying their own financial futures yeah. for their kiddos. And that is uh, when parents come together and learn they're not the only ones with that. Yeah. There's a lot of shame exposure there and then uh, healing can happen <laughs> and changes. You mean when you first get married, you're not supposed to have a bank account for if your child suddenly has addiction or mental health issues? Mm-hmm. Weird. We didn't know that. Right. Jill, uh, how are people going to contact Choice House or, or if particularly you if they have a question about the relationship? Sure. You can contact me, Jill, at choicehouse.com. Super easy. And does Choice House have a website people can look at to see options? Yes. Choice House. Choicehouse.com? <laughs> yes. Perfect. And you guys are in Boulder. We are in Boulder. Okay. Jill, thanks for the early morning show. I appreciate it. Thank you, Aaron. And uh, we've been satelliting each other for many, many years now. It's finally good to put a face with a name. Absolutely. Thanks right. for the work you do. You, my pleasure. You too.
This has been another episode of Beyond Risk and Back. Thank you so much for joining me, parents. Please remember to give us a listen, a like, a subscribe, and share us with your friends, other parents who need the support. I have a few people I'd like to thank. First is Frazier PR. I'd also like to thank Your Cause Consulting. And I need to give a shout out to Deepin Productions. As always, thank you to Mental Health News Radio for hosting this show. And I'd like to thank Guayaki. Guayaki has sponsored our booth here at the Winter Symposium. And of course, all my fans everywhere all over the world, thank you so much for making Beyond Risk and Back a number one parenting podcast. Remember, parents, take care of yourself first, your adult relationships second, and your children third, because in that way, we do our best work with our children. I'll see you next week.